Two Guys, One Shaker Cup podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan yeah, Buckeye. Josh, let me ask you a, a simple question, and we've, I think we've kind of covered this in the past, but um, when you left corporate America or left your bougie sta- uh, stable job that you had, where it had benefits and a salary, were you scared? I would be, I guess, lying if I said I wasn't in some sense. Um, I was confident that I could do what I needed to do to make money. That's never been, um, you know, something that I think I was totally scared about. But I think that when you have all of this safety and comfort and all these great things that literally like people would die for. And you're basically saying, I don't want this. I'm, I don't want to say I'm too good for this. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to make my own dreams. I'm going to do like, it is a little bit scary. It's a little bit crazy for, I mean, entrepreneurs in their own way are kind of in, insane. Like there should be, there should be their, our own little like insane asylums for, <laughs> for entrepreneurs because right? literally it's not, it's not a normal thing to think to yourself. Like I would want to give up all these, you know, normal, uh, paychecks. And like you said, uh, health insurance and all the other kind of bells and whistles that you come with corporate America. And I'm just going to like put it all on the line and hope it works out for myself. And if not, maybe I'll find a nice bench to sleep on and, and I'll be okay for a little bit until I could rebound. So most people in that situation, my included, like there's always going to be a little something being like, what if it doesn't work out? Uh, I think that is obviously something, but I think that, that, what scares you should drive you to make it work out. Now, not everybody succeeds. Okay. There's a lot of fails. Um, what you learn from that failure, we can talk about that, but, um, I, I, somebody, I don't know if, who said it, but it's like anything worth doing in life should scare you a little bit. Like, I mean, it should invoke fear because that's, what's going to drive you to be your ultimate best where I've been having, I guess, fear or and not, I wouldn't call it anxiety, maybe some anxiety, but what scares the shit out of me is building something, that's too successful or just so successful that am I going to be able to adapt with it? And obviously I have confidence in myself to be able to go out and do whatever the hell I want. But like when you start thinking bigger picture and you start thinking, okay, this, this could be, you know, X million dollar company with X number of employees. Like those are things that you always dream of. You always kind of think about, but when the reality sets work, actually, Hey, this could actually happen. Like that literally scares the hell out of me. And I don't know if you've ever thought of that, Josh, or had the conversation, but does success scare you? Yeah. I mean, I think that what you're kind of mentioning around, you know, there's the dreams and there's, you know, obviously putting those things to action to, to create the dreams. But when they finally start to happen, there's the reality of the, of the, I guess the feelings that you don't really think about when you're doing those dreaming, like, Oh, it'd be great to have all these employees and all this uh, revenue and all this kind of things. But then okay, those employees are looking at you and they're trusting you to do the right thing that they're ultimately going to have the things that they want, the right. comfort, the things, because they didn't sign up to be an entrepreneur. They yeah. signed up to have a job and, and work for a company that's going to be able to uphold what they said they're going to uphold. So then it comes down to a lot of things that like can be really scary because you're like, I'm not just making a decision for myself. I'm making a decision for a lot of people. And I guess it's similar to like, you know, family wise as well. I mean, but I think it's a little bit different because those, those people are, are, um, 
they could leave. They could, you know, there's a lot of things that you're building that ultimately has to align with what they would like. And, and there's a lot of things that could be, I guess, super scary. I think for me, it has um, been a little bit different, I think, because I never really set out to like build an agency or something where like I wanted to have a bunch of employees and I wanted like that was never really my my That's goal true. of all this. This was all kind of a means to the end of like the next phase of where I want to where I want to go and. And then that's kind of in a different direction of where I might have, you know, some employees and things like that. But initially, I haven't really thought of that. But putting myself in the shoes of my clients, I do feel that every single day. That's been something that I've battled with. Um, and then people have told me, you know, it's not healthy or whatever, is that I put myself in the shoes of the entrepreneur that I work with. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, that's how I have to get into it to actually work well with somebody. If I'm not in it to that level, I can't provide everything I should. So that in itself, I have multiple different times where like I'm dealing with this type of situation where sometimes, you know, in 2020s type of a thing, and I maybe have mentioned this before, is like the weird spring, like swings between good and bad, like where even in some days, you know, and I have somebody talking about having record months and then the next call you're on with somebody, they're talking about, you know, hey, we have to really just lock things down. And, you know, it's more like we're in survival mode and hey, let's let's try to make sure, you know, it was those types of like big swings that you'd have because of just you know, as much as I love to work on the growth side of clients, sometimes you don't, you're working on more of the risk side um, and managing those things. That was always, I guess, scary. Um, and as I've gotten more successful, I guess, as a consultant, those clients have gotten much bigger as well. You know, it, it used to be when I worked at the beginning eight and a half years ago, it was a lot of like pre-revenue, a lot of like early stage startups, a lot of these, you know, very smaller, small companies. And not to say that those probably are, are harder to deal with because there's just so many things that you have to deal with. But now it's like, you know, 50, 100, 500 billion, like where there's those decisions and they're trusting you to make those things. Those do swing tons of people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, and you have those situations where you make, you know, a call that's less than optimal and you, I feel it. I'm like, Oh, like, I don't just think like, well, it was somebody else's fault. It was like, Oh no. Like I, I, I'm scared shitless that I, I can't do this again. I can't make a bad decision because ultimately, um, the bigger that that situation gets, the, the more that those things could potentially harm people. Um, yeah. and I don't want to lose that, I guess is, is, so it's a little bit different, I guess, from what you're saying, but it is, I guess, some similarity. No, I, I totally agree because I think, you know, obviously there's a couple things. When you're small, you kind of fly under the radar too. You can kind of do what you want. You don't have many people to answer to. It's your company, whatever it is. Uh, as you get bigger, you have more eyeballs on you. Then there's more scrutiny and there's more criticism. And I think some people don't handle criticism very well. Um, I think that they have a hard time dealing with it. Not to say that I'm like a, a stud at criticism by any means, but I guess, you know, for me it's like, okay um, – you know, I can handle the, the, where I'm at now, but, you know, if you, you start getting up to the millions, it's now you have to source larger volumes of things, which is a bigger cash commitment. You have to engage with all these different retailers. I guess it's just – and maybe it's natural, but I think that's a, a really good thing for me. And, again, I'm speaking from personal experience. Like, as I grow, um, for the first time, I'm kind of, like, starting to feel that, like, nervousness again. It's like, oh, shit, because I think a lot of people, too, will, will chase the dollar. Right. Like you have a PO, you could go go out and get, um, but you might not be ready to do that. And uh, you might not be ready to be as big as you want to be. So you need a, the hardest part, I think, for anybody is telling yourself to slow down. 
Like, take your time. Um, I'm not a very patient person, so that's extremely hard for me to say slow down. I mean, I speak at a billion miles an hour. Anybody who listens to this podcast or watches me on YouTube knows that. But I think sometimes it's like you, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. And that, I guess, is, is a thing that it's a common theme that I want people to take away from this is like in your business, you might have an opportunity to get international distribution or a big retail account. And it's one of those things that sounds like, hey, it's too good to say no to you. But you might have to say no because you might not be ready for it. Um, and if you're not ready for it, you, the, the, the nervousness or anxiety or, in my case, like the scared that I feel is going to be tenfold what I feel now. Because I don't want to shoot smoke up somebody's ass saying, yep, I can do that. I'm the type of person that like, hey, yeah, I like to sometimes make quick decisions. But I also need some type of analytics or data to say, you know, if you make this decision – it's scary, but you're going to be just fine. Yeah, and you're kind of bringing up and going in that direction of like there, there is the old way of doing things, I guess, of just like by gut, like like this is a good decision or, or whatever. And, and I think that that becomes dangerous the more that you grow your business because each mistake, you know, used to be maybe a couple hundred dollars turns into a couple thousand, tens right. of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. And that's kind of what happens. So as you start to get bigger, you have to start to add in ways to, let's say like, like manage risk or, or just like try to plan for like uncertainty or you're, you're trying to figure out how do I create the best chance of, of success here. And that's at least going to make this decision a little bit less scary, even though the numbers have gotten much bigger and you're like, oh, this is, this could be really bad if I make the, the wrong call. You try to bring in as much information possible as that you know, sales data is that, you know, internal things that you can work on, um, just making sure that you have a good understanding of like where your brand's going. Um, what I, you're bringing up a point that I, I kind of always talk to entrepreneurs about is like, slow down. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I'm telling you, you're not ready for these things because of, you know, and you start to list out some of these things because they got lost in the, in the shuffle right. of what was, who are they serving? What master are they serving? They're serving the brand and the customer, not necessarily the retailer that's asking them to do this or whatever it is. So they start to get a little bit ahead of themselves or they start to get a little bit confused. And then they're not ready for those things because they haven't set up the rest of the business for these types of situations. So a lot of like we said about just trying to manage some of that risk and, and looking at maybe data or whatever, sometimes it's literally like making sure you're constantly checking yourself and making sure that you're staying aligned with like those North stars, you know, your brand strategy or your customer, just making sure, Hey, am I doing what's right for them? Like when somebody comes to you, say GNC says, Ryan, I want you to put all your product into our stores. You go, what, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, what are they, what is this going to do for me? What are you going to do for me type of a situation over just like, Oh my God, I can't believe GNC is asking me to do this. I have to jump as quick as possible. It's like, you have to internalize it and go, how is this going to help me get to my goal? Right. If they can't tell me how that's going to align to my goal, I have to say no and I have to walk away. And that doesn't mean you walk away forever. That just means you walk away right at that time. And I think that that, you know, those types of be it like internal qualitative type of things where like you have to really make sure that you are aligned and staying true to your brand, true to yourself. Or like you said, go out and find like some data, go out and find something to support one decision or another. So you feel a little bit more confident, not to say you're going to ever be able to get to this like super confident 
decision-making. I've never really gotten to that point where you're like, it's hundred percent right, but you try to limit the risk as much as possible and try to make sure that whatever you do, you've also thought about what happens if it doesn't work out. And do you have at least a little bit of a backup or do you have some buffer or something that you can get out of it? Because 2020, I think something that I noticed time and time again is that people were so far leaning into the positives, like everything was great. Like heading into 2020, sales were crushing it. Everything's going well. Let's just try to dump a bunch of money into all these different places because everything's going well. Nobody ever thought about what happens if it doesn't go well. So then they didn't think about like, oh, I should have these other things in place to make sure that I'm good to go. Now, hopefully when people are making these decisions now, they're like, okay, here's the here's the reward. Where's my risk at? Can I make sure that that spreads, you know, you know, okay enough that I can handle it on both sides of this? Because if not, you get yourself in trouble. And then that really gets scary because you've lost control of your business. Really, the business is running you. That, that might be the scariest thing ever because then, yeah, you're out of control at that point. So, um, yeah, I, I, I want to have this conversation on this topic only, only because maybe for therapeutic, therapeutic session for myself. And this is for me. I don't have to pay Josh all for this time. And he has to he has <laughs> to give it to me. So he has to listen to me speak. But um, do you uh, how many people have you worked with, Josh, though, that that were so scared that they just couldn't do it? They couldn't do what you knew or what you thought was the right decision like you know i understand this is risky this is new to you this is uncomfortable but that's a good word uncomfortable for you but it, if you do it and you 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 do it with all your heart and whatever it, you're going to be successful i would say a lot of the entrepreneurs that i work with would probably say that that's not them at all but what i would say is that i've seen in almost every one of them that there's some level of that mm-hmm. that there's always some level of, of being uncomfortable or not, or I don't want it's like this, um, what's there, there's like a theory where basically you feel like you're not, um, you're not going to be able to uphold what you say you can uphold. Um, gotcha. yep. I cannot think of the, the word I'm trying to get, well, but basically a lot of times you, you know, are super confident to a lot of people, especially people maybe in your business mm-hmm. and you, you have this type of mentality. And then all of a sudden you go to home, you go home and you're like, it's imposter syndrome. Like you have that imposter syndrome where you're basically like, am I actually the person that can drink, bring this to the, to the finish line? And, and, you know, and when I'm working with a lot of the entrepreneurs, this is something that I've learned. It took me a while because when I, when I first started consulting, you know, eight and a half years ago, it was very much by the book, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the business principles. Here's the way you do things, you know, whatever. And a lot of times those were the right moves or whatever. and, And, but what ended up happening was, was trying to like force a lot of things through even when people were not understanding it or they needed other things where now I was telling you it's like 50 50 like psychology and the business principles and, and you know the the different types of strategies and plans of action and things but it a lot of it's the the psychology of it it's, it's getting to understand why the entrepreneurs may be stuck in certain sure. ways or maybe they're you know, feeling like they're um, an imposter, feeling like they can't do this, or they're getting stuck up in some situation because they just uh, are using some old you know, way of thinking or old sequence or pattern that doesn't really exist or, or actually make sense in this scenario. Like there's a lot of things that just happen where you get caught up in like bad habits or bad situations. And, and you have to work through a lot of those things because you need to get that to be all going in the right direction. A lot of times I can 
see the business, I think, in a more like black and white, non-emotional way because it's not my business. So then I'm looking at it and saying, there's a lot of great things here. You just have to like you know, unfuck yourself, I guess, sometimes. Like you just get out of your own mind sometimes and like, let's go with this because sometimes um, they're not seeing really what it could be. Um, mm -hmm. They need to be pushed a little bit more. And then there's other ones where literally they're del delusional about like how big their big their brand is, how strong their brand is, all this kind of stuff. And you have to like, check their ego a little bit because you're like, you're going to fail really quick. Gotcha. Uh, but I would say more times than not, it's the opposite where like an entrepreneur is not necessarily overly confident when he's in his most vulnerable state. He's usually fearful that he's making the wrong decisions. And, and are they wrong? Or they, I mean, I mean, so there's twofold, right? Like they may be fearful of making the wrong decisions, but um, I guess like we need fear, right? Because if, if we operate without it, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like if we operate without fear, we're just going to be fucking off the rails. Like, yeah. I, I think about like, think of some collegiate athletes who just like got full ride scholarships. So that's maybe a good, good example. Like didn't have to pay for college. Um, Johnny Menzel is a good example of this. Didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he just like partied, did what he wanted. Um, you know, you can't operate like that in business. And I mean, if you can't, some might look at Instagram, I guess some might yeah. operate that way. Um, and I don't know, like, somehow we have to get big enough that we can speak to, like, a, a, a Richard Branson and just be like, how scared are you every single day? Or, like, Jeff Bezos, where you're, or your boy Elon Musk, who's apparently now the richest man in the world, and it's absolutely insane. But, like, do, does Elon Musk have any fear? Because, like, Tesla hasn't turned a profit in 12 years or whatever it's been, and he's the richest man alive. So, like, what, what, what type of fears does a man like that have? And I think it'd be interesting to see, like, because I think any you pull any successful entrepreneur, they're all going to tell you the same thing. I would think, like, yeah, they every day they live in somewhat kind of fear. There's some, but there's an anxiety. It's um, it's through the roof. So I mean, you mentioned earlier, like you don't leave in corporate America, maybe a little bit, but you never really want like this big consulting gig. But like, what what type of fear do you live with, Josh? I guess like if if, if any, I mean, is it the fear of not making a paycheck? Is it the fear of 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 anything? I think it's moved past some of those like basic things and it's more towards, I think, you know, I, I want to say legacy is like a big word and that's probably too lofty, but like, I don't know if I am consciously thinking about that all the time, but I am thinking about, you know, am I making the right calls? Am I doing the right thing? Like, because a lot of the things that I'm doing are private, but also are very, can be very public at times yeah. and people know sometimes who I work with and, and what's going on. And those things could be brought to light. Um, and I am constantly fearful that I'm not going to uphold the high standards that I've set for myself, I guess. So a lot of it's that level it's past the point of like, you know, the high, the Maslow hierarchy needs, like it's past those, like, you know, can I make a paycheck? Can I, you know, like, I'm, I'm more kind of in those phases of that. And I think any entrepreneur, you move into those directions. Like you said, Elon Musk, like, I'm sure he thinks about that as well. He thinks about like, what happens if my car company just folds? Like, it doesn't matter. He, he doesn't go to zero with his money, but yet literally people look at him and like, wow, you are a failure. Um, and that it probably hurts way more than, you know, losing all the money. It's just that people now that put all that trust into him as being this like, you know, radical innovator that can do these amazing things to change the world. And he failed at it. Like, I mean, it could drive him to do the next thing even better, but it also probably is, scares the shit out of him each day to wake up and think like, I could literally, this could all come crashing down. Um, because I don't think that any of us are, you know, 
to the point where that couldn't happen. No, it, you're right. It's can happen. I mean, like tomorrow we'll wake up and make the wrong call or do something bad or, you know, whatever. It's like even we made a call, uh, a comment once about you know, Jeff Bezos. Like he made some infidelity issues in terms of whatever. And like people, people probably looked at him very bad and he probably, it, it probably hurt him really a lot to like, you know, people thinking badly of him because literally he, well, maybe doesn't care, but I, I feel like any human when those things start to come out and so public, I think you probably are like, hmm, oh, man, I, I, I'm scared of like, is this, I can make another bad call tomorrow and then I'm going to be even down farther and down farther and down. It's more, I think the public eye, I guess, in those situations, because they're, they're well past any of the issues of like normal person's fear. You know, like you said, normal, normal people are worried about getting up and, and making enough money to put food on their table and, and um, you know, those types of things. And, but I think all those fears are just as valid. It just is a matter of like where you are in the, in that phase of, uh, of life. Yeah. Somebody like Elon Musk just is interesting because like, I, I think he, <laughs> he's thrived on failure, I guess, if that, if that sounds, I mean, I don't know if he, I mean like PayPal thing, right? Like they told him uh, when he's a CEO of PayPal, I don't know, you know this probably behind you, but like they, they, he was told like something wasn't going to work. Um, I mean, he's been told that it's not going to work his whole life. I mean, I, I know he's been at like PayPal, SpaceX, all these different things. Um, but, but so he's, <laughs> he's probably generated like, yeah, you're right. He probably still lives every single day in terms of like, fuck, I can't have another thing fail or I can't have Tesla fail because there's a lot of people, Hey, there's a lot of money into this thing. So I'd let a lot of people down, but um, I, so I guess to bring it back in, like it's it's perfectly normal, I think, um, to be nervous, to be scared with growth. You know, I, even somebody like Aaron Singerman, right? Like just building this company into a hundred million dollar company. Blackstone Labs was I don't know what Blackstone Labs did in terms of revenue. Uh, 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 yeah, a, a it was good. I, yeah, twenty like, thirty million probably. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Probably. But like to do three four x that, or now you you drive up every single day into this Redcon One HQ. You employ how many people? Um, you know, there's got to be a sense of fear in, in somebody like that every single day. And, and because of that, I think it's what drives him to be successful in that business or, you know, like a Mark Loblinger who has like 20 different, 25 different businesses, but he's got a family at home. Um, you know, it's just, it, if you don't have fear, if you're not scared of something like I, you might be broken or you just don't yeah. care. I, I don't know. Like, you, yes, you can be, you could, you could say, well, I'm not scared because I'm confident. Okay. But you gotta. There's still. I mean, you can be confident and be scared shitless. Like I'm scared, but I'm confident. I'm gonna kill it. Josh all over there. He might be scared about something, but confident he's gonna give you good direction. Um, you know, whether or not you take that direction is, is ultimately up to you guys. But um, you know, for me, I just like I'd, I'd like to hear stories from from people. And I'm not trying to wrap podcast or anything like that. But I'd like to hear stories from people. Like, what's your biggest fear? What what fear drove you to do to do this? And there's there's people within our space that I think this would have been a good one to have, maybe have a guest on, or maybe in the future we bring some guests on and say like, what is it that drives you? What's your why? What's your fear? Because I think everybody will have something a little bit different, um, and it'll be interesting to 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 listen to those stories, to listen to those motivations, to listen to those fears, and compare them to one another, and and figure out like you know what they are. And, and like I said, the craziest as it is, like my fear is being successful like really successful like i don't know why that's a fear of mine but it's 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 a good fear i don't I think. know yeah i was gonna say i mean i don't know if it's like the the actual success uh, you know it's the it's what comes with success i think you know i yeah and i think it, it's for a lot of people and, and i can say that i'm included in this a lot of times is that you care the people you care most about you want them to um you have that strong thought of you. Mm -hmm. Um, so you could be like your wife or your, your kids or, you know, maybe your closest, um, your friends and things is like, 
you've now gotten to this point where like it's you're building up the success, you're building up the success. Now people are having these thoughts of you and you have to uphold that. Um, and you have to keep that going. And, and, and what happens if you don't? Are they, you know, I guess there's that fear of like, are they still going to think as highly of you or whatever? It's like people closest to you would hope so, but like you just never know. And, and it's like you have to just keep pushing on the gas. And then that creates its own fears. Like I'm scared because I have, I'm moving faster and faster and faster and faster. How can I take a break or you know, when am I going to break? I guess is the other is the other way to look at it because it's, it's, um, I don't know what the statistics are, but I know that like entrepreneurs as a whole, um, are usually high up there in terms of like, um, suicides and things like that, because you do, you just push, 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 and eventually get to the point where it breaks, it breaks you, it break, you know, breaks something. There's a lot of that conversation that hopefully I think starts to come to light a little bit more, um, as like the COVID situation kind of like, calms down and maybe we start to look at the what happened outside of that maybe we start to look at those things a little bit more but i mean i think overall like fear to your point it's it's a double-edged sword it's it's terrible but it's also something that could drive people um if you don't want to go back to the gutter of where you grew up and things like that it's like man that kind of fear can drive you to do some very crazy good things for yourself because because you just know I'm not going to get back to that level. I'm not going to go back to where I was before. I'm going to make sure that I do what I need to do. And it pushes you to like limits that you probably didn't think you could get to. Uh, but there's still, I guess, a mental part of that that, you know, drags on you over time and, and balancing and that and all that. I mean, I guess that we're talking about fear and things like a lot of times that to me is something that I have to constantly keep check of um, mm. myself because I at times we'll not even just think about that. I'll just keep going and going and going and going. And I think I made a post recently. I told people, I was like, it was 11 days I took off last year. Like le like not 11 plus like weekends and holidays, like 11 total, like just out of 300. But were you really off or did you have your phone on you? So like, yeah, not, probably not. No, I never, never shut my, right. so my, technically I guess not any of those, but I mean, literally sitting at my desk or like at a client's office, all but 11 days, you know, whatever, like sitting there for like an actual full day. And, and that is not healthy. And I was like, this isn't healthy, but I had right. to constantly tell myself like, you know, okay, how do I balance this any way possible, whatever, and, you know, everybody uses their own little like things, but like that is fearful to me because like, I know that my, um, I guess my mind struggles to shut off, like shut that off, that I can just keep going. And I know that like, I'm not Superman, eventually it's, not going to be, you know what I mean? Like eventually it's going to break, but like yeah. right now I just feel like I could just shut off and just keep going, go, keep going, keep going. Keep. So like that scares me is like something I need to like check myself is like, stop pushing so hard. Sometimes you're, like, you're okay. You're, 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 you're good, man. You're die of good. Heart like, chill out. Yeah. Just chill out a little bit. Yeah. There is uh, a, there is a saying, Josh, that you and I, I think both really, um, we embodied it's, it's get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? And that's true. Like if, and I, you know, I went to a speaking series one time and one of the speakers said like, and I think maybe I mentioned this on the podcast before, like every day you should do something that makes you feel uncomfortable and where, you know, put yourself in a position that you're not used to make uh, you know, go into a business decision with maybe something you don't fully understand. Just, just every day, try to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. So that way the uncomfort becomes comfort and you, you thrive in those situations. So when you're uncomfortable, that's your normal. That's your norm, and that's where you, you know, because if you get comfortable being comfortable, then you become content and complacent. 
that's kind of where I go. So, um, you know, I, I could tell you a million times over if I woke up in the morning, uh, you know, if I couldn't sleep that night and I wake up at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and I come down to this computer and start working, it's because something scared the shit out of me that night. And I'm, you know, I'm coming out this computer. I'm like making sure that I put myself in position that I can alleviate that fear a little bit. So, um, I think, uh, you know, to wrap up this podcast, too much fear is a bad thing. It can, it can overwhelm you and you can succumb to it and you could ultimately, you know, fail. Uh, but you have to have fear. You have to have some uncomfort in your world in order to be successful. I don't think there's any successful person on the planet that will tell you that they've never been scared, that they haven't been fearful, that they haven't been uncomfortable. You're, you're going to go through those situations, how you adapt to those situations, how you respond to those situations, and ultimately, like, how you come out of them is going to determine, you know, the next step for you, um, whether it be, you know, Josh leaving – Vegas, if that's where your last corporate job was, I think, right? Wasn't it Microsoft in Vegas? It was like your last? It was, no, yeah, muscle, it was Nevada, Microsoft yeah. and Muscle Farm. Yeah, and um, well, I guess technically Muscle Farm. Yeah, if, if you want to call that cor- corporate, <laughs> corporate America. Uh, you know, that, that, that's step one. But now every single day, I think you know, there's, there's, um, you know, for Josh, you know, in particular, like he, he obviously has to make sure he gets clientele and he, he has to do sales and he has to sell himself and make sure that revenue stays consistent, especially now that you're building a new home. You're going to have a wife to provide for. God knows you're going to have a kid at some point. Jesus Christ, man. This thing is, <laughs> I mean, and things like that, like no shit. Like children are, it's a fearful thing. Like not only like do they piss and shit everywhere and you have to deal with that and they cry and they keep you up, they cost money and you have to pay for it. You can't just, well, I guess you could just let them go because some people do, but we're not wired that way. So um, hit us up on social media. Let us know kind of what drives you what fears that you potentially had had in the past fears you have today. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I think it's uh it's, it's also therapeutic to maybe even write down your fears or to talk to somebody about them. Like this podcast for me is like, mm, you know, therapeutic session for me at five thirty at night on a, on a Wednesday. It was good. And again, like I said, I didn't have to pay Josh Shaw for his time. I'm sure he'll probably send me a fucking invoice after this podcast and that's okay. I'm not going to pay it or I'll pay him with a bounce check. One of the two. So hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or watching via YouTube, two guys, one shaker cup on all the social platforms, right? Review house healthy algorithm. Josh, leave us with some words of wisdom on fear. You got something. Be, be the man you want to be right now. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh man. I wish I had something really insightful to sell somebody, but I'm going to roll this back into that. You know, if you have some, big goals and you're reaching for those big goals, um, they should scare you. So if you're not scared, you're probably not reaching big enough. So make sure you're reaching. Yeah, you're reaching bigger. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.